This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, as, as we come together today, this is what your word says. It says that it, your word is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Your word says that these are the scriptures that testify about you, Jesus. Lord, help us to see your ways and help us to see the way of Jesus and his grace and mercy. We pray this in his powerful and saving name and ask you to invade our hearts and lives. Amen. I'm not much of an artist. Even my stick figures are troubling. (laughs) A lot of young people liked art class. You can imagine I was not one of them. Uh, a typical art assignment in my art class, the teacher would lay out before us uh, a masterpiece, okay? And, and maybe, check this out, maybe the masterpiece would be shown up on a screen from an overhead projector. Sometimes she would give us the masterpiece on pieces of paper and we could have them on our, our desk. But then we were to, to draw the masterpiece. And, and I want you to know that absolutely, positively, every single time my drawing never even looked anything like the masterpiece. It wasn't even close. But on occasion, on occasion, the, the teacher would allow us to place our paper on top of the masterpiece and allow us to trace it. I like that. It went a whole lot better for me. It looked a whole lot more like the masterpiece. Well, today, as as Pastor Ben mentioned, we're continuing our series, Top 10 Ways to Live a Better Life. And it's it's a study of the 10 commandments. And the commandment that we have before us today is the sixth commandment, you shall not commit adultery. And the question that we're gonna look at today is how do we follow God's design of sexuality and marriage? So for us to to do that, what we need to do is go back to the masterpiece, to God's original masterpiece. Find that in Genesis chapter one. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In his masterpiece, there are males and females. God created us to be sexual beings, male and female. And in that, he did that on purpose and for a purpose. And God said this about that. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase 
in number. This is part of God's masterpiece, a male and a female. The three main designs uh, of, of sexuality and marriage, right? There are more, but the main one, companionship, children, and sexual purity, okay? God made us sexual beings. His masterpiece, the design, one man, one woman, one lifetime. Now, I know, I know that, that life is tough and, and, and things, that, and I, I know that our culture does not go for this at all. But I want you to know that we are not called to follow our culture. We're called to follow Jesus, who said, at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. In our culture, for, for many, many years now, people have been trying to draw their own design of sexuality and marriage, not even looking at God's masterpiece. Okay? They're just on their own, drawing whatever they want. And, and, you know, let's be honest, it's not just culture. Sometimes Christians, too, have the masterpiece, but they kind of set it on the side. Okay? And sometimes that sounds like this for the Christian, married or single. The question they ask is, how far can we go? How close to sinning can we get without sinning. I want you to know that's a, that's a very dangerous mindset. Think of it this way. It's a nice, beautiful, warm spring day, just like we're kind of having now. It's a warm spring day. The, the winter snow has melted and gone away, and what it has revealed in your backyard is all the dog poo that didn't get picked up throughout the winter. <laughs> Okay, how close can we get to sin without sinning? That's like going out on this nice, warm spring day. It's beautiful, it's bright, sunshiny, and you going to yourself, I think I'm gonna go out and just enjoy the sun in the backyard. I wonder how close I can get to the dog poo without stepping in it. I don't do that, right? It's gross. It's repulsive. The question for us isn't how close can I get to sin without sinning? It's how close can I get to God so that sin isn't even in the picture? How do we follow God's design of sexuality and marriage? Keep tracing. Keep tracing that beautiful masterpiece. There are always going to be people out there who want to cause us to sin. 
Okay? There's always going to be people who go, you know, boy, that, that whole thing in the Bible about sexuality and marriage and all that, that is, that is so old-fashioned. That is so outdated. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of what the prophet Isaiah said about 2,700 years ago. This is what he said. He says, does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say, the potter has no hands? God, are, are you crazy? Do you know what you're doing? Do you have any idea? You see, sometimes people think they can, they can draw whatever they want. They can make any kind of design they want for sexuality and marriage, and there won't be any ramifications. But I want you to know that, that so many of these designs that are not based on the masterpiece, what they've led to in so many instances are, are feelings of loneliness, feelings of worthlessness, of guilt, of shame. It's ramped up, lost across our countryside to the degree that pornography is a $13 billion a year industry. Pornography is an industry. It's led to the breakdown and the disregard of families. There are people who will try to pull us away from God. Reminds me of a, a guy named Joseph. Remember his story? Here it is. Potiphar, a ruler, left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has not withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her, even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend his duties, and none of the household servants were inside. She caught him by the cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Potiphar's wife was drawing her own design for sexuality and marriage. To be honest, we don't know if she knew of God's design, God's masterpiece. But whether she did or not, what we do know is that her design wasn't anywhere near looking like the masterpiece. Her design was, I'll get what I want or I'll try to. My, my vow to my husband, my promise to my husband, it's good until I see that well-built, handsome young man. 
It was good until she had an opportunity to spend a few minutes with him. She's telling Joseph, man, no one's in the house. No one will know. No one will know. No one's going to get hurt. Those are lies. Thankfully, Joseph knew about God's masterpiece and lived this life according to it. Here's the thing. For Joseph, Potiphar's wife's marriage meant more to him than it did to her. Joseph knew if if he did this thing, it would crush his master's heart. It would crush her husband's heart. And this would be a great wickedness and sin. When other men would have been all too happy to, to jump into bed with this beautiful, this rich, this powerful woman, Joseph said, how could I sin and do such a wicked thing? How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? See, sexual impurity is is not just wrong. It's wicked. Understand, Joseph wasn't so much worried about losing his job. He wasn't so much worried about losing his position or his income or or any sexual pressure that he had. Joseph refused to lose God. God's glory was too beautiful. God's friendship was too precious. God's promises were too great for Joseph to jump out of God's design and into Potiphar's wife's bed. And so he ran. He literally ran away. We get that same guidance in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 6 says, flee from sexual immorality. Check it out. Sin is wrong, and it's really not even worth wanting in the first place. The more beautiful God is to us, the more repulsive sin is to us. So how do we follow God's design of sexuality and marriage? Keep tracing. Because intimacy with God is the best intimacy. See, God's design for sex and sexuality and marriage is stunningly beautiful. Sex inside of marriage is a wonderful blessing. 
God talks about the marriage relationship and compares that, that relationship between a man and a woman with his relationship with you and me, the church. God made us sexual beings to teach us spiritual truths about himself. Ephesians 5, it says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Every single human being comes into existence one way or another through the relationship of one man and one woman. And marriage portrays the reality, the greatest reality of the greatest person, the Son of God, Jesus, doing the greatest activity, displaying the greatest covenant of God's unfailing love for us. Ephesians 5 again. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. How do we follow God's design of sexuality and marriage? Keep tracing because marriage teaches us spiritual truths. Some of you are wondering, some of you are angry. Some of you are hurting. Some of you are concerned. Because your life hasn't looked like the masterpiece. For one reason or another, yours or, or, or someone else. The, the truth is, we should all be concerned. Because as Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. should all be concerned. Is there any hope for me because of the brokenness in my life? Well, let's go back to the designer, not me. Let's go back to the designer 
and see. John chapter 8. All the people gathered around Jesus, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. They got the importance of the design. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to ride on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus strained up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go and leave your life of sin. Jesus didn't condemn her. Nor did he tell her it was okay. Same is true for you and me. Jesus forgave her and told her to leave her life of sin. Same is true for you and me. We need to hear both those things. We have forgiveness, okay? We have forgiveness. It's it's just receive it. It's there. Forgiveness, however, is not the permission to keep on sinning. Forgiveness is the removal of the debt of sin. Forgiveness is the removal of guilt and shame. That's yours. Forgiveness is also the opportunity for a new start, to live by a new design, namely by the design of God's masterpiece. See, Christian purity is based on and rooted on the bigness and the goodness of God. His glory, his grace, and his mercy, and his unfailing love through Jesus. Tracing on God's design. 
is not so much to keep us away from temptation and sin. It's that, but not so much that. Tracing on God's design is mostly so that you and I can receive and embrace the very heart of God. God calls us to a life of purity. But the only path to purity is found around the cross and is covered in the blood of Jesus. Keep tracing. Keep tracing. Let's pray. Lord God, it's sometimes so easy to cast stones at other people. Help us to, to drop the rocks. Lord God, sometimes it's, Satan just wants us to be overwhelmed and burdened by guilt and shame. Help us to see your word. Not only as the guide, but as pointing to Jesus, who is our Savior. We need you, Jesus. We have you. And so help us, help us to live a better life full of joy, of peace, of love, all according to your masterpiece and design. Pray this in your name, Jesus, for you are our Savior and the Savior of the world. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.